Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Blessings to each of you this wonderful day, a great day to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to be about His business. You know, a few weeks ago, we celebrated a great day in America. We called it Independence Day, July 4th. And you know, my message today is we were called to be free. And we are called to be free in our lives. And I want to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to share some quotes and just have a little, it's almost like a 4th of July type of message, but it's something that I think is important for us. When I think of America and I think the turmoil that we've been in and what's going on in the world, I think it's time to talk more about some of these things. Our Heavenly Father, I pray for your direction today. I pray for your leading today. Open up the doors and the hearts of people today. May we serve you mightily and powerfully. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, like I said, we are called to be free, and, and Paul addresses this in Galatians 5.13. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Hey, just what I said. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And folks, that's exactly right. As Christians, we are free. We are free in him. But he says, do not indulge your freedom in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Sometimes people use their freedom and say, hey, you know what? I can do whatever I want to. Folks, you need to use your freedom properly. Use it for the glory of God. It's great to be free. It's great to know that I'm going to heaven, that I am don't have to worry about everything around me. I don't have to worry about every little thing. I trust my God, but God wants me to make great decisions. He wants Christians to make great decisions. You know, this started America years ago. I mean, the idea of freedom, the idea of uh, doing things right and acknowledging God you know, we're going to find out a lot about that today because it's so very important. George Washington's inaugural address to Congress said this, No people can be bound to acknowledge and adore the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. Every step by which they have advanced in the character of an independent nation seems to have been distinguished by some token of providential agency. We ought to be no less persuaded that the Propitious smiles of heaven cannot be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right, which heaven itself ordained. Folks, that is exactly it. He recognized the importance of Almighty God, the importance of serving Him, the importance of having Him first in leading our nation. We need to be a nation that is called to repentance. Corporately, individually, it's one of the most consistent themes in the Scripture is repentance, is forgiveness. We need the forgiveness of God. And when we ask Him, we need to know that our sins are gone. There's an old <laughs> chorus when I'd grown up, I always sing you these old things. It goes, gone, 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 gone. Yes, our sins are gone. And it goes in, into the deepest sea. Our sins are gone. The old Testament contains vivid accounts of kings and prophets and priests and people falling before God to plead for mercy and promising to change. The command for repentance is clear in God's command to Moses in Leviticus 26. And you see the brokenhearted reality of David's prayer in Psalm 51. In fact, 
Folks, my challenge for you this week is read Psalms 51. I would challenge each of you to read Psalm 51 and listen to it carefully. I'm not going to read it to you today. I want to continue on, but I want you to read Psalm 51. You know, it's an easy assignment. You can do it, and I hope you'll do it today. In the 18th century, a godly mother knew that her years of life were coming to an end. So she taught her young son all that she knew about God and the Christian life. When her son was seven, she died. That son soon became rejected, rejected his mother's teaching. He went off to sea and eventually became the captain of a slave ship. His crew became so disgusted with his depravity of his actions because he was always drunk. He was always living horrendous life. They did not like their leader living that way. One day he fell overboard into the ocean while he was in a drunken stupor. They probably were tempted to just let him go, but they rescued him. You know how they rescued him? They threw a harpoon into his thigh and pulled him back to the ship. Oh, I can't even imagine. My, I cringe at the pain of that. Thereafter, John Newton walked with a limp. He finally reached rock bottom, and he sold out to Jesus. And the limp had reminded him of God's amazing grace that saved his life. Thus he wrote the great hymn, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, That Saved a Wretch Like Me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Folks, sometimes we have to have experiences like that. We got maybe even have near-death experiences. Maybe experiences that we hit rock bottom that God brings us back. But what we don't want to do is hit rock bottom and then die. We want to make sure we know we're right with God. You should not ever worry about where you're at with God. You should know that you're right with God, that you've made the decision to serve God and to honor Him and pray that He would come into your life. And folks, if you say, well, Pastor, I, I don't really understand that. I don't get that, you know. There's a lot of us pastors that would sit down and talk to you. I've got four or five pastors at my church that would sit down and talk with you, or I would talk with you, because we want people to know Jesus. We want people to know that when they die, they're going to spend eternity with him. Don't ever, ever not know that truth, because we don't know when he's coming again. It could be soon. The way things look, who knows? I mean, many people talk about that. You know, I'm just trying to live every day for the glory of God, and if he comes again, praise God, I get to be in heaven forever with him. Well, we here, our nation, it was, the Bible has been in force directing our country for years and years and years, you know, and and I you see some of these great presidents who have said some great things about the Bible. I'm going to read some of those quotes today because I think they're good. Abraham Lincoln said, It is the duty of nations as well as men to win their dependence upon the overruling power, and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord, whose God is the Lord, who God Almighty, who the God of the Bible is the Lord. Those nations are blessed. Those nations are going to make it. Those nations are going to fight through. Our nation is considered a Christian nation, but folks, I'm telling you what. We're in decline with Christianity. We're in decline with people 
accepting Jesus and walking with him and, and people are turning their back on him. We gotta bring people back alive. We gotta have the Spirit of God in our life. John Quincy Adams said the importance of the Bible in our lives is significant and gives us the tools we need to live live for God. The first and almost the only book deserving the universal attention is the Bible, John Quincy Adams said. That's the book that needs our attention. Oh, we'll read every other novel, every other thing, every other sports book or book on art, a book on food. But the Bible sometimes is the book that's the most dusty because we don't read it. You don't even have to read it now. Like You can do it like I do. I listen to it probably over half the time. I listen to the Word of God. I love my app, and I just I love listening to it because it penetrates my heart and my mind. I love that. Woodrow Wilson said the Bible is the one supreme source of revelation of the meaning of life, the nature of God, and the spiritual nature and the need of men. It's the only guide of life which really leads the Spirit in the way of peace and salvation. It's the only guide of life. It's the only guide of life. You want real life? You want eternal life? The Bible is your guide. And finally, Calvin Coolidge said this, the foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if in faith in these teachings would cease to be practical, universal in our country. The foundations of our society is founded by the Word of God. People, we've got to know God's Word. We've got to understand what it's about. We've got to live by it, and we've got to stop justifying sin because we know one of our family members lives this way or lives that way, and we justify it. They live in sin. They live in immorality. And what we do, we, we put a stamp on it and say, oh, they're okay. They love each other. But the Bible says no immoral person will be a part of the kingdom of heaven. People of God, you better start telling the truth to your family, to your friends. And if you're one of those living that way, turn it around today. Turn it around today. Say, God, forgive me. I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to get married. I'm going to do whatever it takes that I don't live in immorality. I don't live by the flesh anymore. I live by the power of Jesus Christ in me. That's all. And people want a watered-down gospel because nobody likes their feelings hurt. And I find this in families. People don't want to hurt their family's feelings. So they just they accept it like it's nothing, like you know, nothing's wrong. Now I'm not saying you don't. You certainly don't discipline those people, but you certainly need to make them aware of God's truth. We should be driven by love. Galatians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15 says this. It says, For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Folks, love even when it's not convenient. Love even when it's not convenient. Love one another. Forgive one another. We must walk in the Spirit. In fact, Galatians 5, 16 and 17 goes on to say, So I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. God is taking care of it. So in our lives, folks, we need to have deep prayer, deep devotion, deep faithfulness. God has given us freedom. Let's live in that freedom. Let's continue to be one nation under God. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast 
or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.